Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. We offer a number of ways to help you with your journey here at Anxiety Coaches Podcast, and I hope you will take advantage of everything that we offer. Be sure to subscribe to this twice-a-week podcast. I'd also suggest visiting our website where you can sign up for our newsletter, you can listen to the 10-minute body scan meditation, and check out the group and one-on-one coaching options, along with the resources and more information on anxiety. Go to anxietycoachespodcast.com and check all that out today. In today's episode, I want to talk about reassurance and your anxiety. I'm asking the question, how much reassurance will it take to satisfy your anxiety? We all know the feeling of looking for reassurance, and it's sometimes bordering on compulsion, on obsession, we can feel it like, oh, if I just can, okay, if I can just get reassured this one last time and then we're satisfied for a second or a minute, rarely an hour, and then it's right back again or something new pops up. We're reassured about one thing, but something else pops up. So I really, um, I, I get it. I get it totally because I've been there and I really want you to understand it's not unusual to be seeking reassurance and it's a normal thing to be kind of driven to do. Like if I could just get someone to tell me I'm okay, but this is the same thing that keeps us in the cycle because for a lot of different reasons, but many of them are uh, not trusting our own self um, it's looking outside ourselves for help. It's wanting to have someone or something beyond us that can can be our uh, distraction or our, our safety blanket. And the more that we feed that, the more we stay stuck in the cycle. And it can be broken and you will break it. But it ta- uh, this is a show to just remind you that it's not unusual to be seeking this reassurance, but it is not the thing that is going to help you. Reassuring words, even from me, are not helpful. And I have clients who tell me, I thank you for not answering my email uh, because I, you know, I took care of it myself. I got it. We we all want it. It just feels like we always think it's the last time I'm going to need this hit, <laughs> this little hit. So you can almost hear in the languaging that I'm using that it's almost addictive. And I think that if you've ever been stuck in this reassuring, seeking 
cycle that you would say, yeah, I felt like I couldn't get out of it. I felt like I was jonesing for reassurance. I, you know, it is just like the feeling of being addicted. I find that there no real amount of reassurance from whether it's your physician, your psychiatrist, your coach, your therapist, your counselor will really appease the questioning anxious mind. It wants more. It just wants more and more. It's like a hungry ghost, the little bitty teeny mouth and this great big empty belly. It just wants more. You can never satisfy it. And on top of that, if you are able to let go of the idea that your uh, sensation, let's say your pounding heart, uh, if you could let go of the idea of that being dangerous and you understand that it's just your hormones that kicked in and your body is do- responding to the hormones, uh, but you're not in danger or nothing fatal is happening, your anxiety will still probably show up in another form. You So you make peace with this pounding heart. Um, and I'm using that because it's a really common physical sensation that many people get. You make peace with it. You finally get it into your body. You are, you, your nervous system gets the message. That does not mean I'm dying. That means I got triggered and I need to burn off this adrenaline cortisol or I need to register that I'm safe and in another couple minutes, everything will calm down. So great, you get it. But the problem is it may move to another place in your body or another form. And this is why it does little good to just chase a remedy for each particular sensation or symptom. Because it can move from a physical uh, sensation to a mental thought process. You can swap it out and it can go in the reverse. You could have ruminating thoughts that you get a handle on and all of a sudden you start having physical sensations because you made peace with the mental gyrations of the, of the monkey mind. You know, you made peace with that. Oh, that's the mind. That's what it's doing. Uh, and you make peace with it. And then next thing you know, you've got, um, a particular odd pain, or maybe then you start getting a racing heart or tightness in your jaw, whatever, that you know the list. I don't need to tell them to you. And so we want to just say, okay, what's the root here then? And what can I do? Um, what is the best way to deal with these really disturbing sometimes feelings? Because they do feel awful. I have three things here that I'd like you to pay attention to if you want to tuck them into the back of your head for when you need to pull this up or jot it down in your journal. If you're keeping a journal uh, going along here with the show that uh, you can look back on, that would be great. Or if you join our group coaching, you get skill sheets and this is all written out on a skill sheet in there somewhere, I'm sure. And and you can always have those to look back on. A lot of people print the whole all those out and keep them in a binder. But you can just jot it down from listening here and then go back to it and remind 
remind yourself so that you can get back on track, right? Because it's hard to remember when they're in the middle of some stressful situations. But here's some things that we can do. First of all, if you have physical sensations and you, you know, I want you to see your primary health care provider to rule out any underlying disease or any complications that could possibly be going on. For the most part, I have to say, by the time people land uh, in my appointment book, um, they have either been to the ER a number of times and they've seen more than one doctor or and they they've been told by their therapist um, that their symptoms are not about the physical body, but they are what they are dealing with is stress and or anxiety. And so just to be sure, I want you to be checked out, you know, go to your healthcare provider, make sure that you don't have you know, whatever, you know, they have a heart checked out, they do a physical. And like I said, many of you have probably landed in the ER with a panic attack. And so you've been told, you know, you've had the stress tests, you've, you've had your blood pressure checked, your blood, you've, you're doing okay. They are sending you home. And believe me, if they wanted to keep, find a reason to keep you, they would, and they don't have one. It's a good news. They sent you home. It's stress and anxiety, but I don't want you to think that it's, oh, it's just stress and anxiety because this is daunting if you are carrying this around with you month after month, year after year. So get yourself checked out. That would be really helpful. And then it lets you concentrate on the things that we do here, the lifestyle changes that you can make to bring yourself back into your parasympathetic nervous system as your natural state and only flipping over into that sympathetic nervous system when you need to, when you need to act and when the body needs to have that increased uh, surge of of those stress hormones, but we don't want to live there as a regular thing. So once you've been checked out, the next thing you can do is it's time to pay attention to uh, how we can relax or bring our nervous system down a little bit more, or how to float with the idea um, that you're really dealing with stress. And when I talk about floating, I know in another episode, we did just like a floating exercise so that your body could get the physical feeling of floating. But when I talk about floating, it's you want to get your body into that relaxed state like we did with the floating exercise, the guided meditation. You want to be able to let your body go back there when you're dealing with one of your physical sensations or one of your trigger situations, you just float with it. It's uncomfortable. The sensations are there or the trigger is there and it's uncomfortable. You don't like it, but you float with it. You tell yourself, I'm here with it and I'm still going to let my jaw relax. I'm still going to let my shoulders relax. And you learn to do that with the trigger with the sensation and that's floating. You don't need to make the trigger go away and you don't need to make the sensation go away. You can go deep within yourself and float. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to make time to relax and or float with the idea that you are really dealing with stress 
and not a horrible, deadly disease that you found on Google. It's here that we are going to be able to tell ourselves that we don't need to visit Dr. Google anymore. It can stop that. It feeds the fear, adrenaline fear cycle like nothing I have ever seen before. So I want you to stop Googling your, you can use Google all you want. I got nothing against that, but I don't want you using Dr. Google. Okay. Because once you know that you got the clearance from your medical team, your own uh, support system uh, for your health, you can just say, I don't need to Google it. They told me it was my stress and anxiety. So no more searching the web for all the possibilities that it could be uh, this or that. Take the word from your trusted healthcare provider, from your healthcare team. And if you don't trust their opinion, it, you should find one, a doctor that you do trust. You, you don't go to somebody that you're not going to, uh, pay attention to their word. You know, obviously you have to run everything through your own filters too. But if they tell you, uh, and the ER told you, and your second opinion told you it's your stress and you're still not believing it, that's anxiety. Okay. So if you want to be able to finally get through this, you're going to have to trust them, that opinion, and then drop that piece of it, drop the Google and no more looking for reassurance because more reassurance will not do any good. This is where you begin the journey. When you say, I don't want to reassure myself from the outside world anymore. I'm not going to Google. I'm not going to ask my wife or husband or whoever your go-to is like, am I okay? Is this okay? You're going to begin now to second, you know, think about that. Like you're going to do it here and there, but you're going to pull back sometimes and go, wait a minute. I, I don't need to do that today. Let me just ride this one out. Let me float with this one. Okay. Let me float with this one and not seek the reassurance. You're going to begin this journey of letting it be there, being with what is and being okay with the discomfort of it. Now, I'd like you to check out episode number 290-290 for more on not fearing discomfort. I think that whole podcast is about not fearing discomfort because we don't have time to do that whole thing right now. <laughs> but that's the second one. You're going to float with what's happening. You're going to learn to be with what is and be okay with the discomfort. And finally, at this time, it's best to find a way to remind yourself that you really are okay. And then once you get your stress and anxiety back to only appearing or ramping up when you really need it, you'll have no more sensations or symptoms. Once you can get your body to only ramp up when it's needed, your, those sensations and symptoms will disappear. 
once we're in our parasympathetic nervous system as our default again. So we're going to find a way to get ourselves back there, you know, because we forget. So what are we going to do? We're going to maybe listen to a podcast once a day. I don't know. Listen to guided meditation once a day. I like to have visual cues. So have some sticky notes around or something on your phone on the front screen or your phone that says, I'm okay. I am okay. Or something that can remind you that all is well, even with the discomfort. Okay. And we need to keep this simple so that we can remember it, right? Like a little mantra, all is well, this too shall pass. You can check out um, the podcast. I don't know the number off the top of my head that has all of the affirmations or make your own. Have a simple few words that can remind you that this too shall pass. I am okay. And I can ride this out because we have to have a reminder. Why? Because we easily forget when we're triggered by stress. We just don't remember things. All of our attention goes to um, our fight or flight and our extremities, and we are all pumped up to run or fight or do something, but we're not dealing with our, our memory. And we're not dealing with our executive functioning as well as we are on a regular basis because blood flow has been shunted to survival. So write yourself some notes because if you see, you see the note and you go, ah, that's all this is. I'm just, I was just triggered. I'm reacting. Now I know I'm okay. Cause I saw my little note that said, I am okay. And then you begin to calm down again. And then it's only a few minutes. And I want to tell you, the more you practice this, the more the ball gets rolling. It's like a snowball rolling down a hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're able to do it. You're so much stronger, and you don't need so much time to come out of the wormhole. So even though this will not fully ease your mind, these three steps or points, you know, I wish it was that simple to, for me to just tell you, but what, what it is that this will help to keep you on track. And as you learn more and more of the ways that you can calm your own nervous system. I talk about so many things here because it's like a buffet. Some people are going to do well with this. Some people are going to do well with that. And so we talk about a lot of things so that, so that everybody can find a different bunch of things to try and you build your own kit of things that work for you, your own tool belt that you can wear and pull out each tool as you need it. You don't need to do all of them. But I really hope that you'll give this um, a, a whirl of, of, you know, seeing your healthcare provider, learning to float with what is, and, and really being okay with the discomfort, and reminding yourself somehow visually um, that you are okay for those times when you are forgetting uh, how to, you know, that I am okay. We do forget. I know. <laughs> and I want you to keep practicing this. And I want you to do it without judgment. Don't say, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Why didn't I already get it? Just do it. Just keep practicing it until you don't need to practice it anymore. You got this. That's it for today's episode. 
And before I read today's quote, I want to remind you that if you want more than what's offered here and more personal guidance, you might be ready for our group coaching membership program. It's a deeper dive into what you learn here on these episodes. Each month, you'll receive two anxiety clearing skill sheets sent in email. You'll also receive two live group coaching calls, which are recorded in case you can't attend. Those will help guide you through your challenges. And there's also a secret Facebook group for coach and community support every day, all month long. So if you're ready for more, go to anxietycoachespodcast.com slash group dash coaching and join today. I'd love to see you in the group. And now for today's quote. Life is 10% what you experience and 90% how you respond to it. And that's from Dorothy M. Niedermeyer. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.